Welcome to another episode of Late Night with Tamir Benawi. And today we have Maria Azadian, and she's doing a dual BA at Sciences Po in Colombia. At Sciences Po, she's studying political humanities and at Colombia human rights. And today we're going to talk about a really interesting topic, which is hustle culture, especially when you know housing prices and inflation and everything like that has been rising dramatically. Many people have been turning to hustle culture. So it's a very important topic these days, and I'm very excited to discuss it. And thank you so much for joining today. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. And so I wanted to start it off with asking how you would define hustle culture and what your experience has been with it so far. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, hustle, hustle culture is really just this kind of culture that places a really intense focus on being productive, working, and assigning value to people based on how productive they might be. Um, you know, with little to no regard for rest and mental health. Um, and, you know, kind of seeing that this unnatural type of productivity is a prerequisite for success. Um, so I guess my experience with it, uh, I've always gone to schools where people take a lot of pride in, you know, how little they've slept or how over mm -hmm. the word count um, they are or so on. Um, you know, and I think I like a lot of people kind of buy into it as well, you know, starting starting to brag about like how much you're working, you know, joining so many clubs that you don't have like a minute to yourself. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, it kind of seeps into university life as well, where like you take pride in being busy. And I think this topic is like, I want to talk about it also because it's been on my mind a lot. Like my um, internship this summer, uh, I was supposed to have one in Montreal, but it got kind of canceled and it starts, it, it doesn't feel very good when you you know, you feel like you always have to be doing something. And so I come back home and I have nothing to do and just so much mm -hmm. time on my hands. So I don't know. It's just been, yeah, something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's kind of a question, like, why should you feel guilty in the first place for having, yeah, exactly. you know, like a month off or something? Why is that such a terrible thing, right? No, absolutely. Like I, um, you know, you work so hard during the year anyway. Like I... I did so much and you know I just started applying to more stuff and I got an offer now and it's fine but I just mean it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like it kind of goes back to it like it's just you yeah it's it really like sucks you in and like you always feel like I don't know when you're not being productive like as a I don't know you feel like you're wasting your time which really really shouldn't be the case yeah if you're not able to make a LinkedIn post then it's exactly. not working out right <laughs> exactly exactly i think like linkedin is I, I think we'll talk about it later as well but i think <laughs> LinkedIn is like the prime example of this mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, do, you, do you think there are some benefits though of choosing to buy into hustle culture yeah totally like um i i think one thing is when you're passionate about what you do and you know spending like uh, lots of time on something and, you know, taking pride in your work, that's awesome. But that's also such a privilege. Like not a lot of people have the chance to work in something they love and, you know, just do something where they are happy to spend like 60 hours a week working. So, you know, for the rest of, well, everyone else, it's just kind of, uh, it kind of sucks. <laughs> but I, But obviously, like when you do love what you're doing, I think, you know, taking pride in what you do is really great. Mm. yeah so you're, you're saying there's only benefits if you like what you're doing yeah I think so I mean if you don't 
it feels it's a lot of pressure. What do you think? I agree. The only thing I could think of, even if you don't like what you're doing, is that you, I guess, obviously, there's like more money and more like, you know, traditional ways of viewing success. So Yeah. you might So be able to say, like, you know, I hate what I'm doing, but at least there's something to show for it. That's the only thing I could really think of. But the cons probably outweigh the pros. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And what would you say are the main downsides of hustle culture? I think the biggest thing, and uh, I guess it came a lot during the pandemic as well as just mental health stuff, uh, you know, spending that much time working and just, I, okay, I think especially during the pandemic when it all kind of just stopped for a while, a lot of people felt relief, at least for the beginning, um, where it was like, yeah, a lot of people felt relief. And that kind of goes to show how toxic, like wanting to work all the time, like uh, ends up being. Um, also, you know, exhaustion, burnout, all of that also is quite common as well, I would say. Um, but also one of the bigger downsides, I think, is like a question of self-worth. And, um, you know, when you're not buying into it, but you see everyone around you buying into it, how's that supposed to make you feel about yourself, you know, I don't think that people who don't want to work extra hours every day are lazy. But of course, like, when everyone around you is being lazy, uh, is being lazy, <laughs> is buying into it, you kind of feel like you are being lazy. And that's, I don't know, I don't think really think that should be the case. I don't know. yeah I agree with that and especially like it's really common maybe more in the older mindset hopefully it's kind of fading away these days but it's really common for people to say you know like for it to be a real job you have to be overworked you have to work overtime you have to have barely any sleep you have to be loyal to the company for decades you know you have if your boss swears at you that's cool you have to accept anything and if not You know, then you're kind of not doing a real job. You're not really participating in society. You're being lazy and you should brag, you know, when you're working extra hours or not sleeping. So why do you think that it's like this? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, some places have made it illegal for your boss to call you after work, stuff like that, which I think is actually quite good because it, even if there is this culture around it, it kind of forces people to take some time off. And yeah, like it's, I think it's really awesome. So why do you think like um, that in the first place, it was, you know, like maybe with more baby boomer attitude, Yeah. like, why do you think this whole thing started where all these bad things are seen as a positive and like bragging matters? So um, actually, I was it, it got me thinking about my 20th century history class. So I'll just kind of go into a little history nerd rant. Um, but uh, I think a big part of it goes back to like the US and this whole American dream mentality that, you know, if you work any uh, hard enough, you can make it. It also ties in directly with uh, like the rise of consumerism in the 50s. So like um, after the Second World War, uh, anyway, in the US, you had a lot of these laws that Um, first of all, like weakened unions, but also gave like the GI Bill gave a lot of people a lot of money to, um, you know, to be able to consume a lot more. So, um, you know, there's like a lot of uh, like historians who talk about like wanting um, about tying consumerism to even like good citizenship, like being a good national citizen is to, citizen is to consume a lot. And I think that has very much seeped into 
um, our our culture as well in Canada, um, as well as a lot of other places, but I we're in Canada right now, so specifically here. So you know that um, even that like these extravagant like displays of uh, of wealth um, become like a you know something to aspire to. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I think like that's kind of where it comes from. But of course, with social media, it becomes way way like more visible and way more e like way more accessible to everyone. Like you know, the minute you're on the internet, you can't avoid those like. I don't know those Instagram reels where it's like you know motivate work motivation like wake up at six a.m. like <laughs> work out, work, um, read, learn a skill like uh, I don't know go to like mm -hmm. sleep for five hours and do it again the next day. So yeah, I think it also um, you know I think it was there for it's been there for a while um, this idea of like working making money consuming um, but. Also, with social media, it's become just so much more visible and um, also more toxic even. Yeah, mm. Yeah, that makes sense. What mm -hmm. I was thinking of, but that I like that as well. What <laughs> I was thinking of is that um, I think it's kind of a way to cope with your misery. You know, like if you're if you're getting two hours of sleep doing a project and you hate your life and, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be that extreme but just I'm just using an extreme yeah. example but if you're just constantly miserable and you hate what you're doing and things are you're just not enjoying your day-to-day -day routine you could turn it into a positive by bragging about how much you like persevere through the challenges I think there's absolutely like some of that as well it's like a it's a whole mentality that's kind of developed and especially again on LinkedIn and stuff like that it's it's really a way to make to turn these negatives of like yeah sleeping very little being very frustrated with what you're doing into well, bragging rights even though mm. it, it really I don't know it's not very healthy but yeah 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 like that's a very common thing when you we just walk into a classroom that's usually the first conversation how many hours did you sleep last night how about you and then it's kind of like a contest on who has the lowest number. They win the battle. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I think like as like the more you grow up, the more like it kind of becomes visible. Like I I found that um, you know, in high school it was there and then like in uni in Sejap and then university, it just like it became such a huge thing to just be so busy that you have nothing to do and that you have nothing no time to do what you'd like. Gosh, I can't speak. Um <laughs> and um, being so busy that you have no time to do anything that you like and, you know, constantly working for towards, I mean, I don't know, things that are supposed to be your goals, but are they really? Anyway? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And do you think that depending on you know, the, the type of cultural or ethnic background that you come from, your views might be different on working? I think sort of. Yeah. Um, it, so I my my the main experience that I could the main thing I could compare it to is like having lived in North America and in Europe. Um it's quite different in Europe because uh like in, in France, for example, you know, it's quite common for places in smaller towns to be closed at lunchtime. Uh, you know, because you have like the workers mm -hmm. just having lunch and not working. While he, whereas here it's like, you know, someone takes their half hour lunch break and then like the next person takes it half an hour later and so on so you know and i think that like that those types of like workaholic habits are really really a north american phenomenon 
and of course they've kind of like gone like they've uh seeped through in other places mm -hmm. but and um i would say that more and more in in europe you can kind of see that of course as, as well but you know i think it's still like you it, it's it's much less present there i i remember like a specific like anecdote is when um it was like one of my first weeks in france and uh, i was having lunch and like doing some work on my laptop and my friend who's italian actually came up to me and she was like Maria, what are you doing? I was like, oh, you know, I'm having lunch and I'm working. And she was like, no, 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 it's lunchtime. You're not working. You shouldn't be working. <laughs> I was like, but I'm having lunch and I'm working. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, she just closed my laptop up <laughs> and that was it. But I think it, it's, I think it's a healthy, it is like at the end of the day, a healthier mindset um, about work. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Have you noticed that it, there's like a really big difference? But I don't know if you've done any, uh, semesters at Columbia yet no uh, not yet I'm starting in okay uh, yeah okay so then let's say you could compare it to uh CGEP in Montreal Absolutely. have you noticed a big difference between when you're in Paris and when you're in Montreal with the whole uh hustle culture yeah um yeah totally so uh I study so just um for quick clarification I study at Sciences Po Paris but I study on the Menton campus like in the south of France so it's like a okay, little nice campus. yeah but um, but yeah, so uh, absolutely, I think there's a there there is a difference. Um, I would say that our campus in France is very international, so uh, it's like seventy percent international students. So um, there's a lot of like uh, North Americans as well as a lot of like Europeans and people who come from all over the world, really. Um, but uh, so the culture there is, I think, a bit different than it would be in like France as a whole. Um, okay. But still, like, you can kind of see the differences between, um, like, people and where they come from as well. You know, you, uh, a lot of the, um, like, clubs, associations on campus are, uh, you know, have, like, a lot of, um, uh, I don't know. Wait, no, let me start again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, like, you can definitely see, like, cultural differences in how people work. Um so, you know, like uh, it's it's very important for um, for like American students, Canadian students to like constantly have like an internship, uh, a, a club, uh, you know, an association, something to do. Well, it might not necessarily be the case uh, in for like French or European students. Uh, also, specifically, because in France, like internships as undergrads are very rare and like quite difficult to obtain. Um, so, you know, a lot of like uh French undergrads like choose to involve themselves in associations that they like, you know, take some time to learn stuff while, you know, for for a lot of like, uh, like North Americans, um, it's, you know, it is like, I, I'm not going to say that, like, you know, people do things that they don't like for the sake of doing them, because I wouldn't say that's necessarily true, but people do things constantly. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that's, you know, you know, without really taking a break. But yeah. Okay. Sorry, that was a bit of a long ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Maybe people should try living in Europe for a bit to get more of a, you know, perspective on different alternatives. I think yeah. I, I think it's it, like for me, it helped a lot, like really meeting people from their. Um, yeah. And like seeing kind of how they see work and how they see their like their lives is very, very different to how we were raised. Mm. Uh, speaking of, you know, like achieving things like prestige, 
-hmm. whatever whatever that really means but um <laughs> not like going to ivy league schools or starting a successful business or even getting a job at whatever ey or goldman sachs or whatever <laughs> you know big company do you think that's something that we would want if it wasn't fed to us since childhood is it something that's intrinsic for us so i'm exactly the person to ask for this question no i'm kidding but um i i don't know i think I, like I think people like always want to do well in what they want to do, right? Like, at least for me, I know, you know, I guess that that might be like, I don't know if that's something that's just in my nature or in like, just human nature or something, you know, when I do stuff, I strive to do it well, and I strive to do it like, yeah, to do as well as I can. I think that's the case for a lot of people. So, you know, it's not really a question of like achieving prestige rather than uh, like more more than it, more of like it's a question of achieving, like a, I don't know, a level that you're proud of. But then again, like these universities, these big jobs, like is it really like a, a question of like, like how much does the pride have to do with the prestige of the places? If you know what I mean, I. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very difficult question because we don't really know a place where it's like, where you know we've never really witnessed the alternative, mm -hmm. right? I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. Like maybe, let's see, maybe yeah. let, let's say like in, I don't know, something like the Stone Age. Yeah. You think that people would naturally want to be the leaders when they go hunting or things like that? I guess, like, I, I would guess not, right? I mean, if if your leader is like a good leader, you're, it's something that you're happy with and you're comfortable, like, we might not necessarily have the drive to always like be the best and rather like work, do something good and do something good for those around you as well with those around you. Um, yeah, I, 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 I guess not then. Okay. So do you think it is more of a societal thing over time? Probably. Yeah. Um, I think that I think one thing is like you know we like as humans we've lived in communities and like in like you know small communities where like communal living together sharing food and stuff for for like tens of thousands of years before um things really started changing so I guess yeah it's um I guess yeah but it's also very difficult to imagine like a world where that wouldn't be the case Mm. like it's but I guess like I don't I guess like you're right that it's not necessarily innate but it's just difficult to think of like a yeah a alternative yeah and I guess you can never know right maybe there were things that were considered prestigious yeah at that time like maybe the person who makes the the weapons or something right that was like <laughs> what all the kids aspired to be yeah totally yeah yeah <laughs> And also, um, you know, like it's a, a big thing when you're growing up that a lot of people say you should aim to either be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer, or there's a few other careers in, in that same realm, but those are like the three you hear again and again. And they say that if you're able to do that, that you kind of made it in life. But the thing is, is what I realized, like as time, as I've gone through more and more years of, I guess, like experience and meeting people and seeing what these careers are actually about. I realized that a lot of these jobs work maybe a hundred hours or 80 hours a week, 
and they do a lot of the time make a decent salary, but they don't even have the time to enjoy the salary or spend time with their loved ones or doing any of their passions because all their hours are just spent at their job. And then they come home exhausted and sleep and then repeat. So why do you think that people see that as making it in life? I guess like it, it kind of goes back to what I talked about with like consumerism and making money, right? You know, even if you work a hundred hours, like let's say a hundred hours a week, 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week, you have an insane salary and you buy yourself like a crazy nice car. You know, every day you go into work with that car, which becomes a status symbol. And, you know, you're, you're like, that's kind of what's supposed to say that, like, yeah, you've made it in life, even though, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a car. <laughs> like it's mm -hmm. not, it's it, sure it's a nice car, but it's just a car. Um, as opposed to, you know, the all of the human relationships that as you said, you're missing out on. Um yeah, I mean, I think it's uh it's it goes back to like how much we value stuff <laughs> um as mm -hmm. opposed to like relationships, which is something that's so ingrained in like uh in in us. But yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that makes sense like i guess it's just the fact that you're able to participate in consumerism yeah that, that's what makes it i guess like desirable absolutely you know the more you like the more you participate the more it looks like you've made it even though okay. um you know however you made it might not really be i don't know yeah it might not really make you happy or anything but yeah and then let's say an alternative which is more and more recent like let's say youtubers or people that right that bought the right crypto at the right time or yeah. anything like that um and they became basically millionaires overnight or even if they didn't you know, some youtubers and things like that it, it takes them years and they work on editing and different things like that but a lot of the time these people can make huge amounts of money way faster than going a traditional route like being a doctor or a lawyer and uh, do you think that this should be kind of more looked up or looked down upon or looked highly upon? And do you think that children would want to aim to be more like these kinds of people in the future? I think like, you know, uh, so first of all, with this type of thing, um, like, okay, first of all, like with YouTubers and crypto, like it's such a small minority of people who actually do like achieve these things. So I guess like we, like, you know, looking up at them, like looking up at them, like looking up to them or like being um, inspired by these people. I mean, that's kind of a personal choice, but at the end of the day, like the percentage of people who are actually going to make it in these ways, like make it financially, of course, is extremely low. Like, I think people are more and more looking up to these people. I don't know if you've seen those like kids toy sets with um, like, like toy cameras and like toy ring lights and stuff like that to there are no. so many you know, these kid like youtuber vlogger kits um just toys for kids which is crazy you know um to think about like i don't know when we were kids i would never have thought of like yeah <laughs> that's that's the career for me um but you know it's um like people are definitely looking up to them but i don't know just how realistic that is and at the end of the day like if you do and if you make it that's wonderful but chances are you're i'm being a little pessimistic <laughs> but you're gonna end up being a little disappointed and you know it's again like it's nice to have goals but i i don't know i wouldn't say that uh it's particularly 
a realistic um a realistic uh, level of success to to look to achieve but yeah <laughs> Okay. But let's say for those people that were able to achieve that, how do you think society should look at them? Let's say you, I don't know, after one or two years, you were able to make millions of dollars on YouTube or doing a podcast or travel vlogging or anything like that. Yeah. Do you think that, and let's say you don't have to work anymore, you do YouTube for like two years and whatever you have like $10 million and you decide to retire and enjoy your life. Do you think that people should look up to them or should they say, Like, oh, you know, they're not participating in society. They're not contributing
I keep uh, trying to do research on it, and and they never really like no one talks about it anymore. I don't know if it's yeah, still going uh, on. It's, if it's over. much less, much less. Like I think there was a strike um, a few days ago, but um, much less. Uh, they were really going on in like March, April, May. Okay. So I'm guessing you were there when that yes. was going on. How did you feel about it? Because for me, there's kinds of two different sides to it. There's, you know, like the protesters side where they're going to have to work for a longer amount of time before they could retire. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, the government, they see it as something that they have to do. And, and not only that, there's also people who are, you know, they have to deal with the piling of trash and, yeah, um, they're not able to live a peaceful life. So, where do like what what do you think is the best way to look at the situation? So I think uh, one thing with that is that like the the reform isn't necessary to begin with. Like the the whole like numbers that it's based on is a is a ten billion deficit starting in twenty twenty seven, and there's been so many alternatives that have been proposed that could avoid this deficit. Um, like you know, one of them being that Macron has been like uh, reducing taxes for the past 10 years. And, you know, the tax that he's reduced would largely make up for this deficit. Um, so, you know, I think the question is, um, like, if this reform isn't necessary, then why is it there, you know, and it kind of goes back to like a question of like hustle culture. And that's, um, you know, that working longer. So like the, the, the view that I've heard like overwhelmingly from, um, you know, like my Canadian or American friends is that, uh, you know, like French people are lazy. Like we, we're retiring mm. at like 65 if we're lucky. Like why are they whining over two years? But I don't think that's really the question, right? The question is like, why should they work longer if it's not as necessary as it's like seen? And yeah, that's kind of like the the my take on it and like why I think it is justified at the end of the day, because if it's not necessary, then it's not a question of laziness. It's a question of like wanting to enjoy your life and wanting to enjoy mm -hmm. those ages. Also, like not even talking about the fact that like um, at the by the age of 64, you have like um, uh, a significant percentage of like the poorest workers who will already be dead working in dangerous jobs. Um, you know, it disproportionately affecting women, um, stuff like that as well. So I think, uh, yeah, like if the reform was absolutely necessary and there was no other option and this is it, you know, otherwise like France is going to implode. Um, like, yeah, absolutely. It's, but if it, when it's not necessary, I think it goes back to a question of like hustle culture. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know too much about uh, yeah. how retirement works in france but yeah do people in general in france see the the government i guess i don't know if they're monthly payments or whatever they are but do they see that as their sole kind of way to retire or is that only maybe a certain percentage of uh, french people so uh it is so french people pay into like the pension plan like every month kind of like we do here and then they're okay. paid back um their pensions every month uh, for a lot of people, it does represent a pretty significant percentage of what they're getting when they retire. Like, of course, when they have like assets, like real estate, stuff like that, it might not be 100% of it. But, you know, a lot of people also don't. So um, for for a lot, it represents like almost uh, everything. Okay. So it is like a pretty massive difference then. Yeah, absolutely.
Okay. Okay, it's good to know because I guess it's kind of not the same as necessarily here and obviously not the U.S. Yeah. No. So because I, I think here it's more like you kind of have to set yourself up for retirement. It's kind yeah. of like an individual duty that you have to do. But I guess there it's more, I guess the government is expected to kind of take care of its citizens. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it's it's kind of like a, uh, what's the word? Uh, in French, it's par répartition, but basically like you have um, the generation that's working now pays for the retirement of like the people who are retired now, you know, and the okay. whole thing that's been, um, that's been uh, used as a main justification is that people are going to university for longer times. Um, so, you know, people are working less years and therefore like, uh, we're making less money to fund retirements, but really like the fact that it's been, um, you know, people going to university for a longer time should be a positive at the end of the day. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, if there's alternatives to, to, uh, from pushing it back two years, I think those should have been taken way before. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And do you think... Do there's like any merit to saying that there's an argument that the it's not really the government's responsibility to allow people to retire? Like, what's your your view on that? I I I would disagree with that. Um, just in the sense that uh, you know, when you've been working, uh, so it, okay. The thing is, when you live in a society where the, uh, you pay taxes to your government, where especially like in France, where you like give a very significant portion of your salary, like I think uh, more than in Canada, uh, to um, to paying taxes, to getting uh, lots of help, like socialized health care. Like even I, as an international student, I was allowed to get housing. Um, I was allowed to get like a housing subsidy. So every month, wow. like, yeah, I got a certain number of like uh, just in my bank account, like. For housing which is uh you know you have all of these social services i think that like retirement just kind of falls into one of them as well and if you're like you're actively contributing to like creating wealth for this country like the country should also be able to like help you um help you retire as well and help you i don't know i kind of see it as like the yeah the country's job really mm. no it does make sense when you're paying them a lot of taxes. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because it's kind of like you deserve to get something back at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, like you're getting a lot back and it's, um, I think it's just like kind of a way to live in society, really. Like you're, you know, we don't live on our own. Like um, we don't live on our own. <laughs> so uh, like the minute that uh, you're living alongside other people, like the goal shouldn't be to try to, beat the other person and like you know do better than everyone else but rather like help each other and kind of move forward together okay and um, you think now kind of like bigger picture uh, if people want to <laughs> kind of maximize the happiness they have in their life do you think that they would have more success doing that if they embrace hustle culture and get like the traditional success and money and a good job and things like nice house, nice car, or do you think they would be happy just kind of embracing a more slow paced life and taking care of their mental health and passions, but then they might not necessarily get all the the status symbols. So I think like there's my, the very realist part of me says that like, you know, I think like getting those status symbols and all of that, like once again, whether we like it or not, like we 
like, you know, those things are extremely valued in our society. And it's very difficult to kind of break away from that mindset. And, you know, it's much easier to achieve happiness from these things than like to, you know, to see the value in like your relationships and your mental health, your passions, um, as opposed to, um, yeah, like these, tra uh, those traditional markers of success. So like in the most simple way, it is really easy to embrace hustling and it's really easy to be happy from there. But whether that happiness is like really like deep rooted and like mm -hmm. really brings like a different, like that's, that's a different, um, that's a different question. Right. So when people like embrace a slower life, uh, favoring mm -hmm. their mental health, uh, passion, so on, like it's, I don't know, it's, like it's definitely more difficult to you know come to terms with the fact that yeah I'm I'm not gonna get like a a fancy car or like a big house or so on, but also like you know having those deeper relationships like it's something that we should start valuing more and I think people could lead much like like you know real deeper happiness than just having like status symbols and appealing to the people like people who just kind of see you from the outside rather than the people who actually really know you. Mm. You think maybe, like, okay, this is how I want to phrase it. Do you think that at some point, if you do kind of hustle and work really hard, is there a point where you should be satisfied with that and kind of just stop and slow down a bit? I think that's actually, like, a pretty, that's, like, a healthier way of looking at it than, like, hustling indefinitely. Um, like, you know, just being like, yeah, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to get this, and then that's, that's good that's good enough for me and that's where I'm stopping um I think that's actually like quite a lot healthier than just being like yeah I'm not going to stop and get to the maximum possible and like not um yeah I, yeah absolutely I think that's better okay yeah because like right now I kind of it's kind of hard you know like in recent years I guess with inflation <laughs> like I think I, I heard a statistic I wasn't sure if it was the U.S. or Canada but for middle-class families, they can't afford 75% of the houses that are currently yeah. on the market. So I'm kind of thinking like maybe, you know, if it's a math problem, like how do you, you know, succeed? How do you have a place to live and get groceries and not have to worry about like paycheck to paycheck? Mm -hmm. Then like basically how much do you have to hustle or what do you, what kind of hustling do you do to get there? Yeah. So, I'm kind of seeing it as like, do should people just work more hours and or get part time jobs, or should they kind of transform the way that they make money in the first place? And and then also once they reach those goals, should they stop and enjoy life, or should they keep going? That's kind of like the big mm -hmm. questions I think right now. I think like that um, that question of uh, yeah, middle class families not being able to afford a lot of things like. Um, you know, okay, because I think hustle culture, like a big part of it is this pride when pe that people take in like, you know, working, um, working so hard. And like, it's, it's a question of like, displaying things more than like, achieving your necessities, because if like people have to work 60 hours to feed their kids, they're gonna work 60 hours to feed their kids, there's no way around it. But whether like, you know, it, like, it, it kind of goes back to what you said about like, people co wanting to cope with their misery, kind of, right. But, um, you know, like, should you, should that working 60 hours be something that like you're proud of, or rather should be like deeply concerning that people have to work 60 hours to afford a house for their family? Like, um, you know, it, I think like hustling is, uh, you know, working really hard 
in a lot of cases, a lot of people don't don't even have a choice but to live to work really hard to be able to afford um be able to afford things for their for their families. Like I'm thinking of like single parents especially. Um, but uh, you know, whether that should be something that's like romanticized and uh viewed as like you know inherently better is it's a it's I I I wouldn't be so sure because you know at the end of the day it's I think it's quite concerning that people have to work that much to be able to afford those like you know quite basic things like food and shelter mm. so do you think that those people that do have to to work extra do how should they approach it do you think that they should try to find like new ways to do that or should they just kind of work 80 hours uh I think like finding new ways uh it's it's cool and it's possible um you know I I'm thinking about like that kid on um I don't know if you've seen him on TikTok but he was I I, I used to when I used to still have TikTok like I used to watch this kid he was like a um he was like this uh homeless kid and he posted like his cooking videos um and stuff like that it was really adorable and he managed to get a house in the end um you know it's not just from like to get a house like to rent a room in like a, an apartment or something and you know uh, I don't think like he did it entirely through his videos uh like you know he uh he also got a job and he like uh worked a lot to do it but um you know I think like you know, but also like I'm sure that at at some point like he also got money from his videos and like through his uh TikTok account which got like a million followers or so so you know having those like alternatives is quite cool but for for a lot of people also you know when like you're living paycheck to paycheck or you're working two three jobs like it's it's also difficult to find the even the time to make like alternative mm. to, to like make like cooking videos stuff like that you know to find uh, the the alternative even though like it's at the end if it can help I mean I think they absolutely should but it's also just quite difficult mm. I guess it's like easier said than done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I guess if you do have the time to try, it could be worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And um, to end it off, are there any like schools of thought or any quotes on this topic that you think can inspire people to maybe take a step back and rethink their views on working? Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, I was uh, I was thinking about stuff like there's one from Michelle Obama that I like a lot. Um, that like you know we need to be to do a better job at putting ourselves higher on the on our to do list. Or like my favorite from like my one of my favorite singers ever, Dolly Parton. Just like um, you know, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And mm -hmm. like just the entire song Nine to Five by Dolly Parton <laughs> is wonderful. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think like at the end of the day, we um, like whether like however difficult it is, and it is really difficult when you when you're kind of constantly seeing, um, you know, people doing stuff all the time and not taking a second for yourself to put yourself higher up on your priorities to, you know, trying to figure out like who you really are and not just like um, not just with regards to work or like what you're like you know knowing yourself more than like your cv um but i think it's also really important and like at the end of the day we'll be much happier when we do mm -hmm. 
All right. Maybe here one thing. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> Do you have an example? Maybe uh, did you start your internship yet or no? No, not yet. Um, it's in Lebanon, so I'll start. Oh wow! Next okay. month. Yeah, I'm still here for. I'm still in Montreal for a little while. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Thanks. So, Oh, here. So let's say when you're in your internship in Lebanon, mm-hmm. is there anything that you're going to do at any point? It doesn't have to be like every day or anything like that, but it, are there any things that you could do that could make you maybe like take a breather and help your mental health and you know not be so like sucked into work 24-7? So uh, one of the things that I'll be doing is I'm, uh, I'm going to be working remotely two to three days a week and I'm staying with my grandparents uh, during this time. So uh, I think, you know, the days that I'm working remotely, for example, like I would like to take like frequent breaks and like talk to my grandparents and like just, you know, appreciate the time that I have with them more. Um, yeah, more because like, yeah, absolutely. And then um, I think I, I really enjoy going on walks. So taking little walks and stuff like that as well. Yeah. All right, perfect. So thank you so much. I really appreciated it and uh, good luck in your internship and I guess Columbia. I I think you said you're starting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah.